What's up? This is Mike Fenoya from Amigos, and Amigos Podcast is in the loop, the legion of Osiris Podcasts. Osiris is creating a community that connects people like you with podcasts and live experiences about artists and topics you love. Check out OsirisPod.com and stay in the loop. Hey folks, welcome back to Amigos. This is your host, Mike Fenoya. I hope you guys are doing great. Thank you for coming back and hanging for yet another episode. I hope you had a great weekend and uh, you're having a good week. So I am bringing you a really fun episode, a little bit of a blast from the past, and uh, I'm excited to get into it. So let's get the uh, business out of the way. As always, if you are listening on iTunes, if you could head over and give us a great review and a rating if you haven't already done so. Uh, at Amigos Pod, A-M-I-G-O-S-P-O-D, at Mike Fenoya, M-I-K-E-F-I-N-O-I-A, on social media. Uh, the Amigos Podcast discussion group is over at Facebook. You can find my stand-up comedy dates at MikeFenoya.com. I've got a couple of road things booked coming up. In December 7th, I will be at Community Beer Works in Buffalo. You could uh, find out about tickets at mikefenoy.com i'm excited to head up there that's going to be a blast i always love going to buffalo november 26th i'm going to be uh headlining the comedy seller fat black pussycat working out uh new material and some old stuff getting ready for uh hopefully recording an album in the spring and then uh i've got other stuff coming up in the uh new year 2020 i'll be doing dc improv five shows you can head over to mikefenoy.com for info about those also, in the next week or two, I will be releasing, along with my pal Michael Shields, who is another uh, Osiris podcast host, um, my project Still Chasing. I set out this summer to um, look back on almost a quarter century of following fish and why I did it and why I do it. And I uh, interviewed a bunch of people, compiled about 10 hours of interview and whittled it down and uh, took the greatest hits and put it into this piece. I have some never before heard exclusive interviews that were life-changing for me and I hope you guys like them. And I'm going to be putting that out on Spotify and all other mediums thereafter. So keep an eye out for still chasing. It's going to be a lot of fun. And, uh, also I am doing a podcast for, uh, the next 16 weeks with Cypher Sounds called Lose to the Cruise. We're getting ready for the Impractical Joker Cruise and we're trying to get a little healthier because we're both, uh, old and fat now so check that out if you'd like and uh it's a fun quick listen each week we have fun special guests and we talk about how uh somehow it's really hard for us to both lose weight so i had great shows this weekend at fairfield comedy club thank you to everybody who came out uh some fans of the podcast were out some uh new listeners and new fans and all that and old friends it was really great and i'd like to thank the club and everyone who came out uh, it was a really great time it is Halloween week here in New York City. We've got a lot of cool stuff happening. Uh, Trey Anastasio is doing two acoustics shows at the Carnegie Hall, which I'm very excited about. The Dead is doing um, Madison Square Garden for Halloween and November 1st, and then they're heading to Nassau Coliseum the cup, what the next Tuesday and Wednesday, I think, and then Hampton Coliseum. So a lot of great music in New York in the next two weeks. Um, what are you hitting? Let us know. I'll be at the Trey shows. I can't do the dead because of comedy, but I'm going to try to hit a Nassau show if I could. Um, all right. So in the upcoming weeks, I've got a couple of really incredible guests coming onto the pod. One of them is, uh, artist David Welker. Uh, David, a lot of fish fans know from his many incredible poster concert poster uh, art pieces. Uh, also, he is the artist behind the Rift album cover and the iconic picture of Mike Gordon with his face kind of split down the middle and uh, that sort of amazing psychedelic image of him. Uh, also, though, 
aside from all the work that he's done with Fish, I mean, David is an unbelievable artist, um, you know, in the music world and out. Uh, he's very folk art, surrealist influenced, and uh, his blending of, you know, genres and mediums and stuff. I mean, it's just created an original look like none other. And anytime I see anything that he's done, I'm just completely blown away by his attention to detail and uh, his, his just his his originality i mean the guy is is one of a kind and he's a super cool guy and i'm honored to call him a friend and he's got a show coming up in december around the fish shows at madison square garden so i want to have him on amigos to help promote the event this will be the second time that i'm having david on a podcast i used to have a podcast called jamcast that i did for a couple years and um i had a bunch of different comedians and you know people in this community on it and uh it was a fun podcast it was interesting to go back and listen to some of the old episodes i found an external hard drive with all the old episodes on it and one of the ones that i went back to listen to was my november 19th 2015 episode which was the second of two with david welker we had a two-part episode the first part's heavy Grateful Dead and David getting into art and stuff like that, which is a fun listen if you want to go back. Um, But the second part, which I'm going to re-release for the Amigos listeners, is basically about David's relationship with and friendship with the band Fish and how it began and where it blossomed to and how he ended up getting to work with them and starting to work with them and the whole process along the way and He shares a lot of really, really cool inside info about the album Rift and talking with all of the guys and the whole I don't I don't want to, you know, spoil anything. Um, So I'm just going to let you guys check it out. But if you're a nerdy fish fan and you're excited about, you know, hearing some inside dirt and, um, you know, some maybe never before heard verses of songs that might be on the Rift album. I think you're really going to enjoy this listen. Um, I thought it was pretty hilarious to go back and listen to, um, you know, what has changed in four years. It's just so funny to listen to an old interview. I'm like waxing poetic about, you know, being on the same show as Louis C.K. And I was such a young comic and and it's just hilarious to like go back and listen and and hear the the questions and the I even think I sound a little younger. But uh, David is such a phenomenal artist. And just a really great person, and I I really love this chat that I had with him. It's probably one of my favorites ever. So I really hope that you guys enjoy it, and uh, thank you so much for listening. And um, keep it up, and we will see you on the other side, everyone. Peace out. Hey there, this is Kyle Hollingsworth. You're listening to Amigos with Mike Fenoya on the Osiris Network. Earlier on, you brought up the fact that you know you caught fish at a at an earlier period in their uh, career. Yeah. And you had a moment where you thought it was time for you to reach out to them yeah. as an artist. Uh, can you can you expand upon upon that? Yeah, well... Um, and please spare no detail. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've probably told this story a couple times, but um, I had a friend, you know, I have a friend... Um, and at the time we lived in Boston, we both moved to New York around the same time, I think. And he wanted me to check this band out. And, you know, he was into, um, a whole different scene when he was growing up. He was into hip hop. He was into electronic music, electronic, uh, dance music a whole different world and for him to have become a fish fan was really odd Mm. but he was blown away by these guys um and he insisted that i go he brought me to the paradise club and then he brought me again when i moved to new york to roseland and um you know, around the, the Roseland time, which was 92, I think, in the winter show. No, couldn't have been. Well, maybe 91, 92. Um, you know, 
somewhere during that performance, I got the idea that, you know, I'm going to reach out to these guys. I had a show in New York at a gallery here on Broom Street, and I sent a couple of show cards to them. And I scribbled on the back, you know, uh, love if you came to my show. I really enjoy your music. And then um, a week later... I came home, I turned on my answering machine and Trey Anastasio uh chimed in saying, Hey, we got your <laughs> we got your cards, man. We want you can you call us? you know? So I called the number that he gave me. Paige picked up the phone and he said, Yeah, yeah, we really like your art, you know. Uh you know great, thanks for sending us those cards. Wow. You know, and uh and I said, Yeah, cool. Thanks, man. I hung up the phone. Like 15 minutes later, Trey called back saying, no, 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 dude, we, (laughs) you know, Paige didn't quite get it. Trey had to call back and say, we want you to do art for us now. Wow. Uh, We want you to do an album cover for us that we're working. We're in the studio right now making. (laughs) So there's just this moment where, you know, I hung up the phone saying, well, that was nice. And 15 minutes later, it became really nice. Yeah. Yeah. You're bouncing off the walls at this point. Yeah. I mean, that was that was really exciting because I knew those guys were on fire. I loved, you know, I loved the energy. And and I felt like, you know, it was it was, uh, you know. I felt it was a huge opportunity to connect uh, creatively. And, um, you know, the fact that Trey took the bull by the horns and, you know, <laughs> made sure that it happened was really powerful. Mm. Um, this was at a time when, you know, they were getting fan mail in a shoebox. You know, the Doniak Chevice. Yes. You yes. know, and, you know, so I... That was how I used to order my tickets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Missed those days. And, you know, Mike's corner and Mike, you know, taking the time out to respond to people's, you and know, Fish's questions. And all the, yeah, all this yeah. stuff. It was fun. It was great. So, you know, I said, yeah, you know, I'd love to work on this project with you. I said... Where, where, you know, where are you? And he said, yeah, we're up at, you know, we're in the studio in, in Vermont. I said, I'll drive up there tomorrow. And he said, yeah, come up. Wow. So I got in the car with my girlfriend at the time and we drove up to Burlington. We got out of the car. We walked into the studio. I looked and I saw the shoe, the shoe box full of fan mail, you know, and I saw my postcards in there and I was just thinking, wow, you know, Looking back, how accessible they accessible they were at the time to right. be able to work with them instead of working with the management now or this huge management, you know, this huge monster organization that they are. Right. Yeah. Still a family, but still big. You know, um, looking back, that's an interesting moment, you know, and they came, they all wandered out of the studio. Uh, and you know um we put our eyes on each other you know just sort of checking each other out and you know it it was just this this funny moment you know uh where they were they were done recording for the day i just made the long drive they said let's go have some spaghetti (laughs) took us to a restaurant you know um we just talked about you know life and and what it was like for them touring and you know we talked a little bit about my art and we didn't make any great decisions that day but we had spaghetti and you know i made you know put my eyeballs on them um you know and you know sort of i think we sort of just you know had that moment to connect in person sure and that meant a lot absolutely i drove back to new york the next day, I met with the art director from Electra Records, who really didn't want to give me the job, you know? Really? And, yeah, you know, she was like, why, you know, who are you, you know? <laughs> wow, that's... Yeah, yeah. Was that here in the city? Yeah, you know, she... Well, there you go. <laughs> I, well, I wasn't really an illustrator, you know? I was a, a neophyte, and I didn't really have a body of work, a cohesive body of work. 
I was, you know, wet behind the ears. I was exploring abstract art. I, you know, I, there was enough work for her to say, okay, you know, I'll, I'll give you the, the job. But there was almost this mistrust where, you know, um, she felt like I was a fan and she'd rather give the job to a consummate professional, oh. who, you know, who had been in the illustration market for, you know, the last 20 years. I see. I and, see. You know, who was I at the time, you know? Right. Um, I didn't have a body of work. I wasn't represented by an agency. I wasn't a commercial illustrator. I was doing abstract painting, you know? <laughs> right. And, you know, the fact that, they connected to a couple of my early realist pieces, you know, and I'd made an emotional connection with them. You know, I think they influenced her. And then I met her in person and something about, you know, my um, interaction with her convinced her that I was the right person for the job. But it wasn't a done deal just because they I got the endorsement of the band. Really? Electra Records, you know, didn't want to be told by Fish, by the, by the band members or anybody, how to make the album art. Wow. It was very clear. Wow, that's so that's yeah. such a surprise to me. You would think that the band would have <laughs> the control of that that part of the packaging and the and the That was Madison Avenue. That was a different world at the time. That was the 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 tail end of uh, a of a different era in the music business, a different era in the commercial uh, art business yeah. and art directors and, you know, illustration, the relationship between art directors and illustrators, which was always quirky and strained. And art directors have, you know, their own egos, their own uh, sense of how they think things should be. And the fact that I had the band's endorsement didn't get me the job. Wow. Yeah. So you almost had to kind of go and... I almost had to pack my bags and just go back to my studio. <laughs> and say, sorry, Fish. Yeah. You're, you're no, recording. Yeah, was, they won't yeah. allow you. But you had that instant over spaghetti moment with the band where you guys were all on that same level cosmically or, oh, or yeah. and subconsciously. Just some reason you know these these images that i sent to them really spoke to them and and john fishman they all got on the phone with me in turn you know and john fishman especially was so nice and so enthusiastic and you know i'm blown away by these guys i'm feeling star a little starstruck and they're reiterating that back to me you know fishman was like dude you know I, I mean, I can't even tell you how excited he was. Oh, that's so amazing. So it was great. It was gratifying. It was like a real, you know, wind in my sails at the time. Now, that album in particular is so thematic yep. in the sense that it's, you know, it's an entire night's sleep. And it's, it's a concept know, that, album. It's a concept <laughs> album. It's their, uh, it's their yeah. quadrophenia, right. if you will. Um, did you have access to the tunes before? I did. It, yeah, I did. And I had access to the lyrics. Um, and they did their best to get me up to speed. And they gave me as much as they could. And because of my friend who introduced me to the to their music, I had a bunch of tapes and live tapes. And I got the energy of the recordings. Um, I got the energy of the live performances. And um, that was helpful. And understanding their musicianship, their eclectic approach to music, um, their sense of humor hmm. and all that stuff. Right. You know, I really got a good base to be able to work on the theme of this al album and, and, and creating a, a good narrative visual. And it came down to this character in the bed. Trey, you know, said, you know those two postcards you sent us? Well, we love them, but we want you to pull in the reins just a little bit and give us something that's going to tell this story. And it's all centered around this guy lying diagonally in a bed. And so he spelled that much out for me. It was very mm. concrete. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. it was great. And I said, well, what does he look like? And he said, think Martin Sheen in Apocalypse Now when he's having the nervous breakdown in Whoa. Saigon. 
Yeah. Oh, said, wow. Okay, all right. Because I was going to paint Fishman in the bed <laughs> with his feet sticking out, like almost like an R. Crumb caricature. Sure. And Trey then changed it into this uh, cinematic thing. Sure. Um, so he does look a little bit like Martin Sheen, but it was me at that time posing um, and then reinterpreting that pose in many different ways and I did a bunch of sketches and I showed them sketches over the course of two weeks one or two of those sketches um, resonated with Trey and one of those sketches was blue I was doing these really sort of um, comprehensive sketches and one of them was a blue painting I was really painting these things I had nothing else to do I had all the time in the world to do one piece of art that's great I don't have that much time anymore but at the time I was pouring everything into this and so Trey said, I like this one, but can you blueify it? Blueify it. Blueify it. Yep. So that American created me. the mood, the atmosphere of this midnight or this middle of the night, three in the morning. Um, it has that twilight. Atmosphere. Yeah. yeah. Like a full moon is kind of watching right. over us on right. the scene. There's, yeah. There definitely seems to be moonlight. There's a little bit of Prussian blue. There's a little bit of, a, a, you know, a smidgen of green. Um, it's a lot of different blues. Um, a little bit of blacks. Um, some Prussian, which I get. And, you know, a, a, a little bit of green um, that creates that sort of atmosphere. Excellent. And it was oil on paper. <laughs> oil on paper yeah, yeah. which is uh, controversial <laughs> because it may fall apart someday oh. but it's it's aging i don't know I, I haven't seen it in so long but it's apparently in their headquarters in burlington vermont in their conference room they've got the original yeah they bought the original in 1996 oh wow okay yeah. back right from, around from the time you. yeah the management at the time approached me um, to buy the original art and at the same time they commissioned me to do a painting for Billy Breathes the, 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 the Mike Gordon yeah face. I reinterpreted the Mike Gordon face um, looking through the fish-eyed lens now before we get which by the way pivotal in in my personal I'm a huge fan of the art of music and yeah. uh I, I came across Rift at probably 15 or 16 years old and not too long after was one of my first psychedelic experiences. And um, the cover of Rift saved me uh, from really... I don't really know what would have happened, but I sat and listened to the album start to finish a couple times over wow. and stared at the art. Wow. And it really kind of brought me back to reality but on another page you know and oh, uh so thank I'm you so happy so thank you so much dude it was so and if i'm I was <laughs> off camp off 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 record i'll tell you the whole story but good if lord I could, if i could could have been there with you i would have guided you out in my own way in person but i'm glad my art could actually do that you were me. there yeah That's so gratifying it was a uh i never want to see somebody suffering through a psychedelic experience no i've yeah it's, it's a hellish thing and it wasn't anything that uh you know, it was a great time, but it ended too quick and I had yeah. to change environments and go home. And, uh, you know, That's shocking sometimes, extremely, right. I, I think anything can, you know, any right. substance, right. the, the, the environment, the, the, the noise, the mood, I went from a very loud, very fun with group of people yeah. to alone, yeah. in uh, you yeah. know, at my parents house and yeah. I'm trying to be quiet, but yeah. Inside my head is a You're flying out of control firework show. Yeah, right. and, and and I said, uh, fish rift will get me through this. And I nice. start to fin. I, I listened to it, I think four times over yeah. and I stared at the, so yeah, well, you know, it, it the main something. character is alone too. So maybe that sort of helped you. Yeah. I, I was that guy in the bed for, right. for quite some, I was under the bed. Yeah. I was all over. I was out the window. Right. I was on the pond. I mean, there was quite a bit of stuff nice. going on. And, uh, but nice. thank you. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, and I, I'll tell you another funny one later. But anyway, uh, good. So you 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 showed them the final product. Yeah, they fell in love with it. Yeah. Well, okay. So they're um, finishing recording. They go down to Nashville. Um, 
I'm on the phone with them like every other day. Get a call from Mike. He wants to talk over the mound with me. He says, let, let me, let me tell you some things that, let me tell you some things. Hold on to this microphone for one second. I'm going to get a note that I'm going to get a, a piece of paper that he sent me. Okay. So it was a long, <clears throat> it was a long process. It was a two weeks of sketching and then it was two weeks of, uh, of rendering the final art. And during this time, I was fortunate enough to talk with the, these guys, um, Mike, especially and Trey. And, uh, <clears throat> one day Mike calls and says, you know, I want to talk to you about the mound. I want to get the mound in there. <clears throat> and so. <laughs> he just he 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 just recited these single line phrases to me over the phone and I wrote them down on the back of this paper this is one of my oh wow one of my first yeah. um renditions of that's of, amazing of the piece sure. a photograph that I worked from and and then here's another rendition in a little sketch and th- these are you know there were many, many more sketches. I think some of them were destroyed or lost. Those are, yeah, extremely infantile. And yeah, a couple, beginning. A couple I saved. Anyway, so here we go. Mound. A boy cut his bloody gum on the mound. Break the dirty pattern of mound. Open your freshman eyes and stare at the mound. Grab the mound and leave for town. The witchcraft man, it seems, broke his little witchcraft heart trying to photograph the mound. A boy nearly froze his brain thinking about the mound. Get away and leave the bloody mound alone. Open a pink aspirin bottle and then climb the mound. Oh my God. <laughs> these were these were yeah. these were lines and that it was Mike. Like, okay, what do you think about that? I'm like, okay, I got you. <laughs> anyway, there's Mike for you. Why didn't you tell me that sooner, Mike? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Now That's I can incredible. now I can move forward. Wow. Yeah. So you know, I, it was it was great to be able to talk with these guys, and you know, and um, there were a couple conversations with Trey. Um. About refining, you know, all the elements, making sure that, you know, uh, everything that they wanted to convey was in there. And in the end, you know, I, n- <clears throat> I think I never got the lyrics for Horace. And that's why I never included Horace. Um, and so many people asked me over the years why Horace wasn't included. Really? I just don't think they gave me the lyric sheet. So that was too bad. No, I tried to make a up late for addition it. to the yeah. yeah. Well, I tried to make up for it with the vinyl um, illustration. I was going to say, <laughs> yeah, you one million the percent the horse did, and yeah. the horse skeleton, and I've <laughs> yeah, yeah. I and 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 to be uh, back to that psychedelic moment, seeing the uh, the new vinyl piece that you did brought me back to a a very interesting you know. 20 year ago place yeah. and, and what's new in the in the piece and uh yeah absolutely beautiful thank work. you yeah i'm really thank excited you. to see it and uh yeah looking back on that piece how much i mean did you did you start f- from scratch again with it was it nice to revisit that old buddy that that you created or did you kind of go with the new piece yeah yeah well once again brainstorming with my assistant um Who's, uh, you know, I just think he's a brilliant, um, writer, screenwriter. He's a visual artist. Um, um, uh, his name's Michael Molina. He's out in LA now trying to be a screenwriter and he's a young guy. And, uh, you know, there was something I really trusted about being able to, um, work with him, a much younger person than me. Okay. Um, uh, half my age. You know, and to be able to, you know, trust him creatively to help me, you know, put this piece together. Um, and so, you know, that, that once again, you know, I'm going to give him a lot of credit here. And I usually don't give people too much credit <laughs> for, for helping me with my art, but he deserves it because, you know, um, he was able to help me, you know, construct <coughs> through influence, being influenced by De Chirico, 
I wanted to be influenced by Escher and de Chirico, mm. two of my sort of surrealist heroes, and to be able to build a, a scene um, with a room that represented the all the directions that we can go in a dream sequence that, you know, just like subconscious narratives, just like the subconscious mind, we have moments where we can go through different doorways. And so Escher and DeCurico created, and and also um, Paul Delvaux, some of the other surrealists created these rooms with windows and doors that opened into bigger places that conceptually took us into different places. Absolutely. So that's where that came from. And, um, you know, uh, we, you know, collaboratively decided what elements we thought would work. So, um, yeah, it was revisiting it. It was expanding on it. It was putting it into a square format. It was making it into a screen print. Instead of a, a painting, so it started off as a pencil and a pen and ink. Okay. Yeah, and yeah. it was technically different. And uh, we made sure that we, you know, um, went a little farther in terms of the imagery. And we, I also decided that I wanted to represent the man and the woman. And I think one of the reasons why this album touches a lot of people who've been with this band for a long time is that they all experienced heartbreaks along the way. Sure. All have had relationships that broke up. I felt like I was the guy in the bed for a long time. Like this, geez, this is the story of my life. You know, there's always somebody leaving (laughs) for whatever reason. And I'm always that, you know, at one time or another, the guy in the bed alone, everybody can relate to that. And everyone went through now that it's 20, how many years, 20, several years, 22, 25 years ago. Wow. You know, we've all had time. We're all sentimental. Anyone who's been, you know, with, you know, the band through this period of time and their own lives and their own struggles. So all these things really have personal meanings. They're sentimental. We become nostalgic. And that was also, uh, I know, a big part of me, you know, wanting to expand upon this. So I included the woman before she left. Before he's lying diagonally, they're, they have their backs turned to each other. Right. And they're going off into this dream sequence. Mm. And then you have all these surrealist elements and all the cutting, all the cutting of the knee, the pulling back of the skin, the, you know, um, all those surreal things, the knife in the chair, the throne, the, you know, and things that, you know, maybe uh, expanded the theme and talked about, you know, what, you know, um, you know, may have happened beyond the, the, the Tom Marshall lyrics, you know, what might happen next. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I once again, congratulate you on a, on a beautiful job Thank you. with that. And, uh, <laughs> the, the Mike working with Mike on the, uh, that image of him. Yeah. Super cool. Uh, very, very unique. And, and you seem to have had the, you know, as a fan and as someone who grew up staring at posters for hours and almost before Magic Eye puzzles, like I would try to turn a poster into a Magic Eye, but I wanted to look nice. deeper into what was going on in there. And uh, that to me, Mike was always the most mysterious. Mm-hmm. I've had a few moments at shows where my, my consciousness was heightened mm-hmm. and I was close enough to see into their eyes while they were playing. And yeah. uh, Mike would be the one that I was always kind of drawn to at the most yeah. psychedelic of moments yeah. and uh yeah he's out there very cartoonish and creative yeah. he turned into gonzo from the muppets at worcester mass one time yeah and, uh, that's my my own fault <laughs> but uh <laughs> that image to me always that's that's quintessential mike and yeah. it reminded me a lot of clifford ball because it's very like open field yeah. and there's mike as like an obelisk almost easter islandy kind of you right. know um right did you was that a, a personal like did mike say hey i'd like you to 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 do a piece on on me or was that a how did that whole thing kind of the to, which illustration the, the 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 gordon almost the split face oh kind yeah of, yeah 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 okay yeah i'm not sure of the title no, but exactly yeah. i mean you know i was at the time i was doing a lot of cubist study i was doing i was influenced by brock and picasso and i was doing a cubist series 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I showed the band my work at that time, and they thought I was going to give them a reinterpretation of Mike's face in a cubist sense. But I didn't want to do that. I wanted to do something surreal based on Max Ernst. And also what happened is... I decided to split his face. We're all these symmetrical beings. We're all split down the middle. We all have one half and another half. So I found it really tempting to want to split his face in half and make it into an obelisk. Yeah. And it reminded me of that Pink Floyd album cover where there's a split face. Yes, yes. And uh, so we have these hemispheres to our brain, and Max Ernst um, has all these techniques um, with paint called frottage, where he um, brings out textural organic shapes with um, a paint technique. And in that, I started um, diving in and, you know, making his face into something, you know, <laughs> like maybe you had just, you know, ate a bunch of acid. You know, I'm just going to come right out <laughs> sure. and say, it, you know, yeah. um, and, you know, you're just tripping your face off and Mike's face is coming off and you know (laughs) and you're seeing into it and you know his schnozola when I brought the piece up to them they were in Bearsville I drove up again with a different girlfriend years later and they were just finishing Billy Breathes and I brought I got I pulled up they came out of the barn all of them Mm. you know and I pulled the piece out of the back of the car and they all just cracked up and and Fishman came over and he said, wow, man, that, that nose is really heavy metal. (laughs) (laughs) And you know, if you look into it, yeah, I get what he's saying. It's like, it it was totally metal, you know, (laughs) that's hilarious. And you know, so, um, we, we hung out. We listened, they listened to the album. Steve Lillywhite was there. He's the producer. Sure. Just finished working with U2. Now he's working with Fish. It was wild, you know, and they, they had this big barn that they were recording in. It was great, you know, and, um, they, I was able to listen to their, the first time through with them listening to the final edit. Oh, wow. Yeah. That must have been an incredible experience. And we listened to it from start to finish. So I got to experience it with them, you know, and then I played ping pong with trey he took me upstairs and he said let's play man Mm. and you know he was kicking my ass (laughs) and i just had given up you know i was like this guy is going to destroy me and when i gave up i got better and i actually beat him two out of three no kidding no kidding wow he threw down he threw his his his, uh Uh paddle down because i'm sure he was kicking everyone's ass all week and the guinea temper came he just wanted to (laughs) try <laughs> he just wanted to trounce me, you know. Sure. And, and the fact that I beat him, I almost felt bad because I, you know, you know, it was just this moment like, oh shit, man, you know. <laughs> That's so great. Yeah. And, wow. You know, but he's, what an he's, incredible. He's experience. a total gentleman, and uh, you know, he took it. He took it well. Yeah. I couldn't believe I could never beat him again. I, you know, it was just that odd, odd moment when I, I, I knew I was going to lose. And I let go and I stop trying. Yeah. Stop trying. It's like a snowboarding when you're, you know, when you're, if you don't think about it, you're never going to crash. You just, this is the moment you think about the next turn. Right. You're gonzo. Forget it. Yeah. No, you can't be conscious, conscious of, you can't be self-conscious. The best things in life. I I find that with stand up is when I stop trying, that's when the real good stuff comes out. Yeah. It's just that, that, that flow on when you see a comic on stage in the zone and they got got the audience and the audience is just so happy you know they're relaxed they, they're hanging on as every mm. it's a it's a symbiosis that's great yes absolutely yeah. and the and you must know and everybody knows and even the audience knows those moments when it when it turns and 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 you're not in control of the audience and and you become self-conscious the audience becomes self-conscious those are wild moments yeah, well, they sure are and it's it's luckily you know i remember being uh you know early on in stand-up you kind of have uh you almost have to pay for spots like you have to do these bringer events where you invite 10 or 12 people to say caroline's or gotham or some of these clubs and 
your amount of stage time is dependent upon the amount of audience members you bring. Right. And I remember there being a time and uh, I think I was maybe five or six months in and I had about 10 or 15 people in the, in the crowd and I was pacing, listening to uh, Willie the Pimp, uh, which was always my warm up. Like Hot Rats from Zappo yeah. was my like yeah. warm up music, and it was you would have thought I was Lawrence Taylor in the tunnel getting ready for the Super Bowl. Right. I was pacing, and I'm th- I'm just gonna go out there and I'm gonna destroy, you know. And and, and Louis C.K. Pop- popped in, wow. and he just did like a surprise guest forty minute wow. spot. And I went from being the biggest fan in the world to wanting to go up and murder him yeah. because this is my time. This is my spot. Right. You don't need this. And he demolished and I had to go use the same mic and wow. you know, try to yeah. and I put so much effort. It was almost trying to like lecture a kindergarten class. Yeah. I was trying so hard. Pay attention to me. Yeah. And it wasn't about me. It was about the fact that now if Louie were to pop in, I would absolutely Right. Embrace that moment right. and say, how about that, guys? Louie just opened for me. Or whatever, Holy you know, some shit. funny, stupid thing. Yeah. But it, it I, I remember walking off stage furious. I went back into the, the green room and I had a water bottle and threw it against the wall. And I was so pissed that my set didn't go the way I wanted. Yeah. It's not yeah. about me. I'm yeah. a vehicle for like yeah. these people just had the night of their life. Yeah. Yeah. And I made it about I me. Know. It's, the it, moment yeah. you don't make yeah. it about you, everything is so enjoyable. Right. You know what I yeah. mean? That's really... And, and we have to, you know, uh, yeah, sometimes we have to relinquish so much just to be artists and, and remain humble. Otherwise, you know, we're stumbling over ourselves. Oh, you self-destruct yeah. after a yeah. while. But yeah. It's, and uh, I'm sure Luis had the same, you know, struggles, you know, oh, yeah. and, yeah. you know, and, and he's, you know been able to um you know just make it all a part of his life's work you know sure um so um so good it really is great yeah. um so after the fish you know uh moment um you know you clearly a lot of work came your way you started doing a lot more uh poster or as well as other mediums yeah uh, in the essence of, and I could talk to you for 15 hours. Uh, maybe we can do another, another interview sure. uh, post the event. Um, but in the essence of time, I wanted to ask you, you know, there's a couple of posters I saw that you have done that, uh, widespread panic. There's one that you've done that really stands out to me. I'm a big Sasquatch fan. Mm. And, uh, the I Yeti. think you remember the Yeti yeah. was, uh, he's almost crossing over a line of redwoods. And, uh, yeah. when you are, I don't want to say commissioned, but when, when, when you're working on a, on a band at a certain part of the country or in a certain venue or, or geographic location, um, do all of those elements come into account when you're creating Mm. the poster? Do you look at it from Mm. an aesthetic, Mm. uh, you know, a more holistic approach Mm. and then drill down? Yeah. Um, not always, uh, um, all, all of those elements that you just mentioned don't always come into play when making a poster, but if they do, I think it's really special. Mm. And when I, you know, was able to sort of play off the name widespread panic, which is almost, it's so tempting to, to work with that name. Absolutely. You know, so that was the start. And then to, to, you know, emulate, something about the Pacific Northwest, something about pop culture, which is the Bigfoot phenomenon. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, um, to sort of, you know, be able to create this narrative, this story, create questions that go along with it. You know, when it all comes in, it really is a little bit of modern folk art magic, you know, and, and, um, you know, again, I'm quoting like that. I'm quoting Jermaine Rogers. I'm going to give him, you know, credit for, for, you know, um, saying, that you know he feels and i agree with him that the gig poster art movement is modern folk art it is an aspect a very viable very relevant aspect of modern folk art because it's it's documenting time and place it's a convergence of cultural entities and it is 
It is a, a cultural art form. It's a it's a folk art. Yes, form. I, I couldn't yeah. agree more. Yeah. Have you had the chance to witness firsthand the feverish fandom of purchasing concert mm-hmm. art? Did you mm-hmm. have you ever seen like pre fish show? The line and the, yeah. the whole thing. Yeah, I'm aware of it for sure. And, um, you know, I, I just, you know, I get it. You know, I'm, I'm one of those, um, nut cases. I'm, I'm a total poster nerd. I am, you know, a super geek. It's what <laughs> fires me up. It's, yeah. you know, I, I wouldn't live any other way. I want to nerd out all the time. I want to be, you know, ultra geeking out. I want my, you know, I want to be that excited all the time. And if I can make myself happy and if I can entertain myself, then I'm doing the, I'm doing what I should be doing, you know, um, because it's fun. And, uh, yeah, I, I love it. I love that people want to collect these things. I love, uh, the, it made me want to be a collector. The screen print, the handmade movement, the screen print um, revolution, mm. which is ten maybe ten years old. The revolution, we you know, I, it's been called the screen print revolution, right? And I didn't care about printmaking, even though I knew a little bit about it. I didn't care about it until I got some screen prints. Until somebody said, "Look at this," yeah, you know. Sure. And there's something about the screen print medium itself that was magic for me, and the fact that I could, for fifty bucks or something like that, I could collect these fantastic pieces with this cultural relevance for me and some of my favorite contemporary artists it made it uh, collecting art accessible yes yes absolutely you and know it's, and it's, it's a it's a it's a baseball card kind of obsession yeah. that i've felt from from an early an early day you know and, yeah and being able to talk to mouse and kelly and those guys with relics i did a piece right. called the art of the concert poster nice. and uh man you know just looking at the way that they would kind of uh impose this real classic art maybe an egyptian dancer in a deco in a in a card in a you know and it turned it into all this very psychedelic imagery and the reason why i asked about you know do you take all those pieces and put it into you really do have a way of capturing the essence of you know it's a visual road trip and nowadays with uh the beauty of social media and all of that officials say yeah you know, hey, for tonight's show in Cuyahoga Falls, here's the poster. Right. And we have a chance to look at it. It's and fantastic. It's just absolutely. Yeah. And, Social and, media has really helped artists. Yes. It's great for artists, a great medium, a great forum for artists. I will never um, change that um, uh, story. Um, it's been great. Uh, it's been a great thing to connect um, artists with collectors. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's fantastic. Let's say hypothetical situation, uh, Tool says, hey, we want you to do a poster for us. Um, You say, cool. Do you, you have a blank canvas. It's day one, minute one. Are you listening to Tool? Yeah, you bet. You throw that on for the poster. Oh, no doubt about it. Okay. No doubt about it. Yeah. Um, Not always for the duration, but uh, always in the beginning. Um, you know, and sometimes all the way through, I'll listen to the band that I'm, I'm doing the poster for. Okay. Yeah. Do you prefer to any, any certain, like live versus mm-hmm. studio or anything in particular? Not, not, not particularly, just something to bring me there. Um, and I usually will just find one song and choose to focus on that. Um, narrow okay. it down. If you get stuck in the decision making process for too long, you need to cut to the chase and find something. There's always deadlines. So, you know, find something that clicks, find the, the narrative pathway into it. And, 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 and I just choose to focus on, on, on that. Usually one, one song. Cool. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, w- for our listeners, uh, is there anything that you're listening to now that you're really stoked about? Mm. Oh, wow. Okay. Wow. I, you know, people ask me this and then my mind goes blank. And I'm listening <laughs> I don't to, to put so you much. I would love to prepare a list for you because I'm listening <laughs> to so much. You know, I'm listening to so much cool stuff right now. Um, 
and my, I'm going to draw, I'm drawing a blank. Um, so well, here's let, what we can do. Yeah. You can let me know. And when the time comes to put it out, I'll throw up a nice list. Okay. Dave's, good. Dave's picks. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I we'll love that. A cool recommendation. Yeah, totally. Um, how about, can you, can you tell us about, about the show? And about, um, I know we talked about it earlier in the other episode, uh, but the dates and where people can find information about okay, the yeah. show. Um, the gallery is Hurla Guggenheim. Um, it's 527 West 23rd Street. Opening night is November 19th. RSVP at welkershow.com. Um, if you're serious and you want to get in, you can get in an hour early. Uh, the RSVP, you know, I don't know <laughs> if it's filled to capacity yet, but you can try to, you know, get on the RSVP list and, and that those, the doors open at five doors to the general public open at 6 PM, November 19th. That's a Thursday. And, uh, I, I have 77 pieces. Wow. Yeah. Fantastic. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I'm so happy fun. for you. Thank yeah, you so go, much. Man. Yeah. And how long will the, uh, the show runs for seven weeks. It's a really long show and it runs through the fish New Year's Eve, uh, at Madison Square Garden shows. There will be a closing. I will be at the gallery every day during the fish New Year's run. I'll be there with. Sp- uh, surprises i'll be there greeting people who want to come in i'll i'll be, be happy to meet you i'll be there too with you um are you going to go to any of the shows yep i'm going to the 30th the 30th is always a fun i've been to the the new year's show i've been to the new year's eve show a bunch of times in the past especially back in the 90s yep and now you know i prefer to just go to the 30th Usually, um, I have a friend who always, um, you know, says, come on, let's do the 30th again. And I always say yes. And so we're, we're, I'll be there. Good. Yep. Well, I, I, I'll, I look forward to seeing you there. Great. Um, and anywhere else where we could find welkerstudios.com. Yeah. Uh, davidwelker.com, welkerstudios.com. Um, uh, I'm BNA reps, uh, Bernstein and Andrew Uli. Uh, they are my, my, um, commercial agency and bottleneck gallery in Brooklyn is my, uh, <laughs> just my, you know, I, I, I'll just say that I love these guys. I love bottleneck gallery so much they are my heart and soul my my pop culture gallery um they represent me they take care of me and now of course hurley guggenheim um uh is another entity that you know i'm so happy to be uh represented by well i i think i can speak for all of the fans that you know maybe the silent ones out there but thank you for putting a a a vision to the vision that we've been painting in our minds listening to the music it's a pleasure it's you know um i'm so happy to be able to to do it and to connect with people through this medium thank Thank you you. and i hope uh maybe i'll be able to return the favor with a laugh or two at a comedy show one of these nights i'll be out there right on i'll I'll be i'll be there (laughs) thank Thank you. you so much